This podcast is proudly brought to you in partnership with Our Herd. Our Herd is Batia's new mental health storytelling app, which aims to listen and learn from young people. The platform is designed to activate young people to share their stories to create social change. By contributing to Our Herd's database of stories, young people can learn how to safely articulate their story, use their experience to inspire others, and amplify their voices to be heard by the decision makers within the mental health system. By harnessing the power of young people's lived experience, technology, and data, our head aims to bridge the gap between the needs of young people and the services that exist to support them. Download the Our Head app now and share your story. So, mate, we've um, we've decided to sit down one on one, kind of discuss the why of uh, of this nine for nine challenge. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm so <laughs> nervous. I, I rarely like have sweaty palms before a pod or anything like that, but this is the most nervous you're ever going to get. Yeah, me. like I'm a little bit shaky because I, I, like we haven't prepared for this really. No. Like we haven't spoken about what we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> here we are. I guess it, the reason that we're doing this is because we're about to embark on a 29-day challenge to raise money for the nine Australian lives uh, that are lost to suicide every day um, and how we're trying to raise awareness and raise some funds for Batia is complete this challenge of nine-minute cold water immersions in the bay every day for those 29 days. Um, And the most important thing is that is like, why are we actually doing that? Like, why does it mean so much to us? And why are we going, you know, way out of our way to conduct a challenge for ourselves that is going to put us on, you know, a breaking point, I guess. And why are we willing to suffer and endure that um, for this cause? I mean, we're punishing ourselves to to raise awareness for, for something that does hit close to home, I think, for our group of mates um, and for a lot of people that we, we deal with in general. We've spoken to a few people, the likes of Jess King and mm. and the like, who have gone through this this type of stuff. And it really does, there's a lot of people around us that, that have dealt with this, so it is quite important. Yeah. Do you want to start with your why or do you want me to start with mine? Let's start with you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, My wife starts um, about three years ago. Um, In 2018, uh, I don't know if you remember this, mate, but it it really starts with you three years ago. Um, You were going through some hell of a lot of stuff. You had so many life events throughout that year that knocked you off of your feet. Um, nearly one after the other and you know I was, I was your best mate at the time and I still am um, and I was there with you every step of the way and we we kept fighting these battles of one life event leads to another and I, I couldn't believe the like how unlucky you were to have so many of these things co- come up um, and in my eyes I, I thought you were struggling with it um, but I never knew the depths of what that actually meant to you. And I actually never knew the extent of it until three years ago we go on that road trip to Adelaide. And I've never shared this with anyone, ever. But on that road trip, we're we're going to Adelaide and one of our first stops is like Mount Gambia. I'm not exactly sure it's on this drive, but on one of the drives you shared to me that you were contemplating taking your own life. (laughs) Um, And that... You, you told me that you'd had some drives where, you know, you, you'd be going down the freeway and you thought about swerving um, and that you 
and thought about ending it a couple of times. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and we were together on that drive and I, I usually have something to say. Uh, I've usually tried to be a supporter and I, uh, I try to, to help and bring people up when, when I know that they're down, but hey, you got me there because <laughs> I was speechless. Um, I, I had nothing to, to tell you to say like it was going to get better. I had, I had nothing to kind of give to, to help you out of it. Um, and so we continued on that road trip um, and we kept going and we went to Adelaide. Um, and I think like in that drive, we just, I think we just kept laughing about other stuff. We just moved on. Like blokes do, we, we didn't really go into too much depth. We just kept moving along. And then we got to Glenelg and we met up with a few of your mates and um, we, we had a, a really nice night on the beach. We were, the kooks were playing. Oh, yeah. Yep. I don't know if you remember this, yep. but um, I just met up with, with my brother and me and your mates. We were watching the kooks play um, on the beach and then you disappeared for about like half an hour. And <laughs> And I, I was calling you like nonstop. I, I was shooting myself. Um, like me, me and Max, we called, we called, we called, um, and we just couldn't get through to you. And I, I think me and Max, we both said like, you know what? Like, he's a he's a grown guy, um, and, and maybe he's just you know having a chat on the phone. Maybe he's just got to take space. Um, and then I'm not sure when later on that road trip or. or uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when we had the, the next conversation, but you told me that at Glenelg you, you stood on the pier and you'd, you'd been th- you thought for a while that you were going to jump um, and just kind of let the, the water take you. And um, I, <laughs> when you told me that again, I was shook. Like, again, speechless. I think I cried. And I just, I just had really nothing to give back. I, I think I just said, like, you know, I, I love you. Like, you're my best mate. Um, again, like, I, I was flawed. I had nothing. And then, um, so around that time, it was like New Year's Eve. Um, and we're at a music festival at the, at the end of this kind of road trip. And... Um, I, we, we stood on the sand dunes and we watched the sunset. I don't know if you remember this at all. Mm-hmm. And I think we had like another conversation about it all. And I, I remember just like hugging you and, and telling you that like, again, I, I'm no mental health care professional. I, I have no, no idea about a mental health toolkit and how to help people when they're, when they're coming to you at this time of need. And they're laying it out all on the line and they've reached the end. Um, and all I knew is that I wanted to help and all I knew is that, you know, I had to be there for you. Um, and I think what I said to you is that like, you know, I, I love you as a mate and like your family does and all, all of our friends do and that you are like such a big piece of our puzzle and that you are like really the, the go-to guy for a lot of things and it, it floored me and I told you this, that like it, was, it killed me that you felt that way about, you know, your own life. Um, but 
I said, I think I said to you, is that like I, I was always going to be there for you. And, you know, if, if ever you ever thought about doing that again, like to call me and that we could always talk about that my phone was always on for you. And then, so that was three years ago. And then 2019, I think you had some ongoing issues with mental ill health that, uh, again, not a mental health care professional or anything like that, but I think I'll just try to help you just by being there and going to your house or doing stuff. And then in, it must have been April 2020, uh, last year, um, you, you called me the day after that you were contemplating your life again. And on that phone call, mate, like it, again, it shook me. Like I had nothing, I have nothing but love for you, but it, it shook me again because that time at Glenelg and that, that time at um, uh, where we went up to in Adelaide, like I, I was never quite like really there for you. I was never there in the time of need. Um, and it hurt that like I, I wasn't able to, to help again, but I'm so glad you never did and I'm, I'm so glad that you're here today and that you are making this huge impact on mental ill health in Australia. And so to round that out, uh, my why as to why I'm doing this nine minutes in the cold water every day for 29 days is that we could have lost you. And there are nine Australians on average every day that are lost. Sorry. <clears throat> and that, you know, don't have the same story that you do. My why is that, that there might be someone out there going through it right now that looks at this challenge and, and realises that there's people out there for them. Um, and my why is that, like, we didn't lose you and now you're here and you're making this impact and you're making this splash and you are... Like every time I look, look at you and, and what you do and what you bring to our friends and what you bring to me, the, the thought of not having you there and the thought that you'd contemplated taking your own life so many other times, this is why, like, this is why we have to make a change because you're, you are like your golden mate, like you make this impact and you're about to change the world, I think. And there are potentially nine other Australians who might have the same story, but are just not not lucky enough to have it. And so, if we can help in any in any way through Batir and help at a grassroots level and make change then and there, um, and give people a mental health toolkit, give kids an opportunity to be vulnerable, give people around those families to understand like what needs to be done and how they can help. That's the why for me. <laughs> uh, and sorry to round that out. I, I don't even know if this gets posted because this is really deep. I, I love you. And um, I, I know I've just basically aired out your entire history. <laughs> and maybe none of this needs to get posted, but I've never actually told you any of that. Yep. And I've never told the boys any of it. Um, and it, yeah, mate, I think it shows just kind of what you mean to me. And I think back to those times, and 
like it fills me with a and this isn't your intention but it fills me with guilt that i put you through that um because that's it and this is what i talk about all the time is that you're not a burden and you, you you shouldn't feel that way but that that is what the emotional roller coaster that, that could put you through as my best mate is is nuts but the way you handled all of that i couldn't have asked for anything better uh, i'll be clear you were never a burden and it it never weighed on me in a in a negative sense i always felt like i was privileged to be in your corner and i, I was a, it was a privilege for me to to help it was i never thought of it as a weight or anything like that ever i've never felt that way um it it had always been this this feeling of like i i'm i'm lucky to be part of someone in your story that you're willing and ready to share this with i remember during that time we talked about like uh the weight of mental ill health um even though you might carry it and you go through your day-to-day life it doesn't mean it's not heavy and for me to be a part of that story to help you in maybe the shortest space and for for you to share your vulnerabilities with me it was never a burden if anything it really uplifted me to be a better person and to give my own life perspective of I am there for you and and that means so much more than any of the problems that you might have. Like that's what it's always meant to me. Please don't please don't feel guilty about any of it mate because the the roller coaster as you just said it it is one and it's one that we continuously go through every single day. Every every person goes through it. Um but I was just glad that like I was part of that story and that you were able to be vulnerable with me. Well, I am more than grateful for the role that you've played in the last three years. Um, like I said, I've never admitted those first few. I think I've talked about the last one um, in April. I, I don't think I've, I've really spoken to anyone apart from yourself ab- about the other times. Um, and it feels a bit surreal to think back to those moments and I feel numb when I think about those moments because it was such a like I was in such a different world like I was like in my head just being told like there was a voice in there that was just saying like you're doing everyone a favor if you just end it and it was a like every every day was just like driving to work or just doing anything was just a constant in the back of my mind like why are you still here why are you still here um and that's something i i never understood until i still don't really understand it but until i felt that like when i was younger i used to think that um it had been instilled in me that suicide was a selfish act and that you're not thinking about the people around you and that was instilled for me from when i was younger that was what i was taught um and then when I got to that stage, I was like, this isn't like in that headspace when I think back to it, all I was thinking about was that I was um, doing everyone else a favor, that I was helping them out by not being a burden. And that was like the emotion that I was feeling in that moment that I would benefit every single person that I am in contact with by not being here. Um but 
especially in April, like if you went if you weren't that go to person, um like I think that was incredibly close. And I think I say it all the time and I, I write it in like my journals and and, w- and when I'm grateful for things was like the words that you quite literally saved my life at that point is an understatement. Um, you, I, I don't know how you did it, and I'd, like to be in your shoes, I I would would have hated to be in those shoes, in terms of the pressure that you had on you, and you just acted like it was. You took her in your stride. You you were just there and you were there with ideas you were there with just listening you were there with just just constant just looking out for me and i'm not one to talk to my family about these things and you were you were the only person i could talk to and you were the only person that i could open up to and if you went there mate like i i wouldn't be in the position that i am now and I can't thank you enough for for what you've for what you've done for me because yeah <laughs> and like I know you're not going to take it and I know you're probably going to go all this stuff but like regardless this is like my perspective and my perspective is you there's no greater human in my life than than you and what you've done for me in the last few years because it's second to none and like I don't get emotional about it and the reason I don't get emotional about it is because I'm so numb to the feeling like it is it's really surreal to talk about it because it I don't have a feeling like I feel nothing when I talk about it because it was such a dead space in like in my body at the time it was so like I I couldn't feel happy but I couldn't feel sad Mm. and I couldn't feel like the only feeling I really had was anxiety and like a heavy chest, but that didn't mean I felt sad or happy or like I couldn't go through a different, I couldn't feel excited. I couldn't, it was just this thing where I was just going about my day-to-day life. And that's as soon as I go to talk about it, I go straight back yeah. into that, yeah. that emotion. Yeah. Um, to, to respond, I'm thankful for you, mate, because like all of that aside, everything that you bring to the table in terms of, a friend, brother, you know, even within your own family, what you do for Zoop and really spearheading this nine for nine challenge. We've talked about in the past that we want to really make an impact through Zoop, that we we see that there's some issues around mental ill health and, you know, awareness is really spreading here in Australia and we're, we're making some impact. But you are the one that's spearheading all of this for the nine for nine challenge and amongst all of the initiatives that we've got going for us and for you to take this story and for you to take, you know, your passion and to drive it now and to make an impact and to make this splash on the stigma, um, I'm so grateful to, to have you in, in the corner and for, for us to be a part of the journey. Mate, all I can say is thank you for, for everything that you've done and everything you continue to do. Because even though we talk about these three years, like I even look at, you still do it every day, and you still, <laughs> but you still carry that on, and you're still always making, you're always checking in, and 
like you know me, I, I kind of go 100% for a few weeks and then I'll die <laughs> off. But you're always there for to pick up those pieces and go, okay, mate, like let's let's go again. And like sometimes those spirals aren't too far away and um, you, you get close to feeling those feelings again or you have thoughts of those thoughts. And like having the support network and you boys, you thanks Toddy and like that it 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 picks me up and it and it really it really does make make my life better and every any time those thoughts do come in then i can kind of get myself get myself through it via the channels that that i have around me which is which is i guess what we're trying to promote here is that yeah there's always someone and like i said i struggled to talk to my family cuz i was too proud I was supposed to be the the go to guy in the family, mm. so I couldn't talk to my family about it, or I felt like I couldn't talk to talk to them about it. Um, so I've I've found you and just used you as as my go to, and that gave me the power to talk to my mum, and that gave me the power to talk to my dad. And it doesn't like just as soon as I made that first conversation with you, it just uh, it propelled me to talk talk to those people who could help yeah. and who could support me. Um and I think that's an important message is that just reaching out is yeah. so important. Yeah. You're not a burden. Yeah. As much as I still feel that way and I'm not going to hide that I still feel that way, but to the people around you that you're not. And I get told that so consistently that whether I believe it or not in the in the, at the time, I know for a fact that it's not that. Um and I think that's something that's important for people that are going through it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess that's the why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess now it's the doing. Yeah. So let's let's get this done. Let's let's raise as much money and raise as much awareness as possible. Um if anyone's listening to this, I think this is this could trigger a few a few people. I think um, so. please reach out to the to the relevant relevant ne- networks. Um Speak to me if you've got any questions. There's Lifeline, there's Reach Out, there's Beyond Blue. There's a lot of networks out there that, that are there if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to or you don't want to reach out. Um, but no, there's always someone in your corner. I think that's the big Absolutely, message. yeah. Someone's always listening. Someone's ready there for you. Someone's got your back. Um, and whether that be a friend, an ally, in someone in your family or through Lifeline or those support networks, Someone's ready to be there to catch you. Yeah. I love you, mate. Love you too, mate. I love you too. I think we need a hug.